Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, stand by. This is Tanner and Drew's Donkey Show. What it is! happening thanks for checking out tanner and drew's not very big but there it is still pleasant coming out uh it's tanner and drew's donkey show podcast i am tanner drew's right there right. buster s marcus is on the mic i think the, i tasted that i hope you did, you did. Mm-hmm. swallow it now <sighs> gulp <laughs> gulp <laughs> it's a little dry mm. well that does it for us we'll see you guys tomorrow. goodbye uh, yeah, I'm really, really tired this morning, guys. I got great sleep last night, though. So I woke up at, I woke up and I was convinced it was like three in the morning, right? You know, yeah. you're really groggy. You were in a deep sleep. And I look at the clock and it's like 1130. I went, yes. Which is huge in our world because three o'clock means it's about time to yeah. get up. But here's the weird thing. Like 2 a.m. rolls around and then I start waking up. Like I'm waking up every few minutes. And, but like the first half of the night, I got really, really good sleep. And then at some point I woke up and I was doing that like every half hour. Well, I think part of it is, you know, you're getting older and while you like to sleep in, your body eventually is going to cancel that. Yeah. And like every old guy in the history of old guys gets up early eventually because uh-huh. then you're just at 5 a.m. It's at 4 o'clock, I'm up and I'm eating toast. It just becomes a thing. And so I, maybe your body's starting to go like, hey. I do notice that I feel a lot better when I'm on like – uh it's just weird to say, but four or five to six hours of sleep. If I get eight or eight or more, I feel really tired and groggy the next day. Partially, probably because you're not accustomed to that. Just like me, I haven't had eight hours of sleep, but three times in five years. Uh-huh. But if I do, I feel weird. Yeah, on the weekends I really try. Like you said, I I, I won't know. You no, want to go I'm, back to it's that? It's eight in the morning. I'm staying in bed. Mm-hmm. My body is like. And sadly, I feel for both of us. And you know. Marcus's hairline and you're in my age, this is only going to get worse. Yeah. <laughs> what you said about old guys is 100% true, Drew, because like, for instance, when I go elk hunting with my dad, that's an early morning in the in the winter. We're normally on, leaving the on. house. Hold on one second. Hold on. Got some banks calling you? Yeah, but it said, like, Ontario, Canada. You just answered a spammer and right my, in the middle my, of the... And when my bank calls, it's never that. Was that another so scam I'm sure call? it was just a scam call. Fucking scam calls. <laughs> Are we going to let Marcus finish his elk dad story? <laughs> yes. No, I think we were done. I think that wraps it up for the podcast today. We'll see you guys tomorrow. <laughs> we'll see you guys there. Right. <laughs> You were confirming that old guys so sorry, get up Marcus. early. So sorry, Marcus. I, I, it was just going to say, we normally leave the house between 5 and 5, 15 a.m., and he will have been up for well over an hour when we leave, and it's just his normal 
rhythm. Yeah. He goes to, you know, right when the rest of us do 11, 12, midnight, whatever. But 4.30 in the morning, he's out of bed and ready to go with a cup of coffee. I've never understood it. They say it's not healthy. But what Drew says holds water. Every older guy I know that's his age is up that early. Like him and his buddies will get up and fucking call each other at that time so, in the morning. What are you so doing? So me walking the mall at 6 a.m., not it's, too far away. It's on the way. And you're trying to pick up the pace to get that's up to right. Greta up there All and right. see if you can get her number. Well, I'm looking forward to that. I'm her looking forward landline. to my jumpsuit in the 6 a.m. wake-up call at the mall. <laughs> Write down your landline for me. We're going to chat later. <laughs> Give me your fax number. Make sure I have your fax number. Oh, you are dial-up pretty. Um, Gmail me. On the show this morning, Marcus, we were talking about uh, this flight attendant who is uh, uh, sharing what the airline's protocol is when someone dies mid-flight. And uh, I'll just play that for you now, Marcus. So what happens if we find someone on a plane that's literally already dead so if someone's already incapacitated like they're laying in their seat and like you know they're dead and everyone around them is like they're dead we're obviously going to check a pulse and all that but if they have like a heart attack and died and there's literally nothing we can do about it we can't like start cpr and stuff like that we are just going to um wait until we get to our final destination yeah so we're going to keep that dead body wherever they are at um if there's enough room on the plane like one of the back rows is open we'll move the body to the back row and we'll try to like lay them down and like cover them with a blanket and then um after we get to the ground we will deplane all the people and then medical professionals and you know people will meet the plane to get the body off the plane and then we will call their next of kin to tell them i'm sorry but your loved one has passed so that's how that kind of situation would go but then it does cause like a scene because that plane has to be taken out of service um for a while so yeah <laughs> how upset would you be if you're on you know aisle 23 seat a and the dude in seat b dies and they're all the other seats are taken you just got to sit next to to bernie for the rest of the flight <laughs> you know dude I'm- that's that's a tough one and i've you know i i had somebody uh one of my one of my dad's buddies passed away in a hotel room that we were staying in I've i remember you guys this. this before and, and this was in that- las and this is in las vegas right Right. We were in Vegas. And even that right there, like everybody ended up leaving that trip because this this dude was also from Nevada, but he was from a very small town called Jackpot. And it was about eight hours away. So they had to, <laughs> Jackpot, they had to Nevada. I love that. Of place. course. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a really if you've ever been there, it's kind of cool. It's like four. There's like four casinos on a corner and then it, you're just out of Jackpot. There's nothing there. <laughs> it's out in the middle of the desert. But my dad was good friends with this guy and his body needed to be back in jackpot. So my dad and a couple of his buddies left early uh, from Vegas to drive the body across the state. And, dude, I couldn't be in the same room. Like, I I was only in that room for maybe an hour after I realized what had happened. And then we vacated the room. And there was a whole bunch of stuff going on that day, as you might imagine. But when it came back, I was the only one that was going to be staying in that room. And I called the hotel and was like, you guys got to do something because I can't I can't do it. And what was cool is they were more than happy to accommodate me because they could. Yeah. It sounds like the airline, it's like if they can't accommodate you, it's just you're kind of screwed. Yeah. Shouldn't there be Which, maybe uh, some sort of compartment for emergencies like this? The stiff hole? You know, like where some sort of air, <laughs> uh, some sort of refrigerator where you can put a body or something. I mean, just in case something like this happens. I, do you like that idea or do you like the fireman's carry down the hall? Because even if the That's back fine. row is empty. That's well, fine. On both levels, it's 
What are we just going to I don't know. I, see, guy? I'm trying to think about what's better because if I'm sitting in a seat and they they carry a dead body down past that tiny me. little aisle past me, and it, no, I'm not going to like it. But at the same time, I don't want to sit next to the dead body for the whole flight. Let's say it's an eight-hour flight and he dies on hour three. I got to sit next to this dude the whole flight? Because you know as well as anyone that that aisle is thin and almost every arm or leg that passes you I, swipes your arm. I almost feel like the ideal situation is for the person to be... In, in the very front of the plane, in the aisle by himself, and he dies, and they don't have to do anything. They can just cover him with a blanket. They don't have to move him. They don't have to announce it to the rest of the plane. You, you know? just make him seem like he's cash. And right, when people get up, they just walk right past, and they wouldn't say anything. That's what I would think the best, situ- the ideal situation would be. But how often are you in those situations? If the guy is blue, just walk on through. That's the motto. I mean, how often do you get the whole row to yourself on an airplane? It's happened, but it's rare. It is rare that we're going to be able to lay some dead dude in the back so you can enjoy the view on the rest of the flight. And depending on his size, you can't put him in the overhead compartment. That's just rude. Oh, no. Anyone much bigger than me is not going to fit. Yeah. Well, excuse me, though. You you brought up the stiff hole that Drew was talking about. Yes, like in a respectful way, a place that- to store the dead. Isn't that a lot the same as putting them in the overhead compartment if they I'm, just have a... I, like I'm not a saying it's inappropriate. Box. I'm saying it's not big enough. You're going to fold a body right in front of all the other passengers? You can't do that. So this stiff hole that you're planning for this You know body. how they have those long closets uh, on the airplane for your suit? You know, something like that, a little bigger, maybe body size. You lay the guy in there or a gal or whoever. Or why can't we have like a way to get down below? Maybe that's there's the other thing. There's the other thing. Why can't we? There's the question too. Maybe it's pressurized or something. But why can't we lower that body into the luggage department and put it next to Cheryl? Here's dog another in the scam crate. calling me. So definitely these fuckers. Scam likely. Hold well, on, if you one. guys had watched uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. you would know that according to movies like uh, Air Force One and Passenger Fifty Seven, there's always a way to get down to the cargo hold in a plane. That's so, true. Get off my you, plane. I mean, you might want to put the body down in the cargo hold just because it's colder down there, right? Yeah. Keep, you know, make sure because you want to keep a, a body cold, right? You don't, you don't want, want it to freeze, it on, though. I, wouldn't it freeze? Don't they say like a person who gets stuck in a wheel well, they can freeze up there? Yeah, and well, that's what happens. Well, but that's where they put the dogs is down below. It's just cold. It's not uh-huh. frozen. I mean, if you got stuck in a wheel well, yeah, you'd probably freeze. But the, there's a place down there that's cold that isn't exposed you know what i'm saying because if if the person's still alive you know and we've talked about this but i've been on a plane when they're having a heart attack and they bring you down as quick as possible so it's i'm actually kind of surprised that you know it doesn't happen all the time but if it does i'm just gonna land in cleveland if i die in an airplane you guys have my permission to throw me uh, throw a parachute on my back and toss me right out of the back of the plane like db cooper what if they're short on parachutes are you willing to just Go ornament style. Uh, Dave Chappelle from Con Air. Yeah, right. Throw one of those. Throw one of those seeds around my vest just in case I hit the water. You can at least be floating and found. But uh, yeah, you you have my permission to just toss me out the back. Okay. Well, in the last will, we're gonna deploy one of the inflatable slides, Tanner, and we're just gonna pour a bottle of water down it. We're just gonna slide your body right out of the plane. (laughs) That'll work too. Did you see that someone actually uh, accidentally set one of those off inside the plane recently? Oh my god! The thing inflated, or it was the slide that takes you out of the plane. It inflated inside the plane. I bet that was a scary (laughs) moment. Yeah, Uh, that's. But also hilarious. Yeah, absolutely. The guy's like, "Hey, check this out, bro." Um, 
Let's see here. So anyway, yeah, that, that before we move on for that, that must have been pretty scary, Marcus, uh, sharing a hotel room and like waking up and the dude's dead and kind of a bummer because that ruins the trip. You can't go back down to you can't go to, you can't go to old school Vegas and play some blackjack after your buddy just died. So we talked to his wife, the guy's wife, and uh, we had tickets to the Eric Clapton show uh, that night, the night that he uh, the the night after he passed away, I guess, because he passed away during the middle of the night. And we went to the Eric Clapton show at the MGM Grand Garden Arena, and um, I had the seat next to the empty seat. And I, I still to this day, like I don't I'm not I'm not a huge tinfoil hat guy when it comes to ghosts and spirits and stuff like that. But there was there felt a presence in that chair, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that was just because of how traumatic the situation was, because we were literally six hours removed from partying, partying our asses off with this guy. And we yeah, wake up and that and chair gone. just represents so much, too. It's like, oh, yeah, by the way, here's that reminder. Your buddy's not here. And we're listening to Tears in Heaven, for Christ's sake. I was going to say I mean, when. T- OK, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Tears in Heaven came on. You know, Marcus just broke. I mean, there's. it's not even fair to do put someone in that position. He's next to yeah. the empty chair, and Eric Clapton brings out Tears in Heaven. I would be a blumbling mess. I'd have. Snot bubbles coming out of my mouth. Right, right. I don't even think my we've nose. got it in the system. Oh yeah, we do. I don't. That written about his kid that fell out of a window and passed away when she was like three, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Oh, this sounds like a tearjerker already. Oh, this is. Oh, how could you not tear up if on a trip that your buddy died on? Oh, I know this song. Yeah. Oh, this is a classic. Oh God. This is Eric Clapton. And there was, that's just unfair to be sitting through that. Was he a good guy? Is that where he went in heaven? Oh, yeah, man. He was a great guy. One of the nicest and most fun-loving dudes you'll know. And, you know, at, at age, I think he was 66. Uh, we're all, you know, I was I was in my mid-20s at the time, maybe late 20s. So I was partying as hard as I partied my entire life. And when I looked over at Jerry sitting next to me at the NASCAR race, I realized these binoculars that he's had around his neck the entire time are filled with a half gallon of whiskey. Like, the dude didn't even bring binoculars in. He just brought a half gallon of whiskey and in the shape of binoculars. I love the dude, man. He was, and I didn't get to spend very much time around him, but my dad was very close to him. And uh, yeah. just a, just one of those guys that's like, he's always interesting. Whatever's going on, Jerry always had something really fun and interesting to say. And so I know he it was, was in, funny. I know it was in the hotel room, but you could tell people, like, no, he, he died face first and some titties somewhere at a strip club in Vegas. <laughs> Absolutely. When you talked to his wife, did you ask her for permission to go to Eric Clapton? You were kind of alluding to that. We, uh, my dad asked her directly um, what she wanted us to do and what she thought Jerry would want us to do. And she said, I 100% know that if Jerry were standing right here right now, he would say, and I quote, there's no fucking reason for them not to go to that concert. Mm-hmm. 
This episode's dedicated to Jerry for sure. R.I.P. R.I.P. Jerry. We miss you down here, brother. I never met you. I heard you were a great dude, though. Great dude. We would have partied the same way. Your uh, binocular shot glass or whatever it is, binocular flask, that's genius. Right up our alley. You sound like just a cool dude. It's too, it's too bad. But, you know, if you're going to go, Vegas is the way to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That sucks. They rode his ashes up to the top of a mountain on horseback to like 10,000 plus feet and spread his ashes on the top of a mountain, too, which was pretty cool. Yeah. Ow. Like a man. Like a real man. Wow. Well, that was a. a I'm all sad now in my heart. Well, here, we this will make you. Tears in heaven. This will make you happy. Today is National Pizza Day, everybody. Yes! It's National Pizza Day. Pizza. Pizza. Done. Pizza. Yep. Pizza. Yeah. A lovely cheese pizza just for me. Mmm, pizza. Pizza? Pizzas. We need two big pizzas, man. Alfredo's Pizza Cafe? Can we have pizza? Pizza sounds great. I like pizza. Anybody want a pizza? I'll get the pizza. Pepperoni. Sausages. Cheese. Mushrooms. Spinach. Mushroom. The best pizza. The best pizza in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. We get there, and I'm like, where's the pizza? Where's the pizza? God, and I was telling I was you, I was telling you earlier that my pizza place by my house mysteriously closed down. Yes, and when my favorite restaurant mysteriously closed down for two weeks, it was a COVID scare. So was that what happened to you? I'm guessing you're probably right, because, you know, I've been refreshing the hours, and it keeps saying temporarily closed, and this morning... On National Pizza Day, I bet they had this day circled. They've got it saying it's going to open up this morning. Or maybe they shut down to deprive you for a few days. So on Pizza Day, you just go nuts. Ah! Where is it? You get there, and I'm like, where's the pizza? (laughs) That's how I feel. Yeah. I think tonight's the night for that. Sounds like a good night to do it. I was waiting for one uh, pizza quote from a movie that I just rewatched recently, and I didn't hear it. It It's kind of disappointing, and that's uh, the uh, the I like pizza comment from... uh, the fourth copy in multiplicity. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Was he the dumb one? Yes, he yeah, was the yeah. copy of the copy. I just watched that movie again. My wife had never seen it. I forced her to watch it the other night. Still I loved holds it. Up. Yeah, it's it's a great movie. I mean, he, was that Michael Keaton? He's great. Absolutely. He's I the love Michael Keaton. I love him. Even in Mr. Mom, he's great. I mean, Michael yeah. Keaton crushes <laughs> in everything. I'm excited to see him come back as Batman. That's going to be cool. You know, he's the classic. all these years later, mm-hmm. and he in his head, you know, he is Batman. He goes on news on late shows and we'll talk about it. No, I, it's not Christian Bale. I'm Batman. In this day and age, <laughs> and I know he's going to play an older version of Batman, but you know, you don't really need much other than the mouth and the eyes. Yeah, right. And because the, the, all the muscles are fake. Yeah, you know, that's all. And he's actually been pretty ripped up in the past himself. You just don't well, get to that level. And he's gotten in pretty good shape lately because he's a villain in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and he's still alive, so he's got to stay in shape for that. And you know when they give you their vitamin and protein powder, it's a yeah. little different than the rest. How do you pronounce a dude's name from the big sick? God, he's freaking hilarious. Nanjani, uh, what's his name? Camille Nanjani. He, Camille Namjian. That Kumail, guy sorry. is so fucking funny. I love him so much. And so Marvel hired him for this movie, The Eternals, which is coming out. It's going to be a new Marvel movie that's supposed to explain a lot of things in the cinematic universe. Yeah. And he got so ripped. The before and after shot. For like a year and a half, he just, you know, went to work. And the Disney regiment, they send you like a, a drill sergeant. And you get all, I'm sure you, they, they send you all the proper foods. They make all sure the supplements. They, all the supplements. They make sure your trainer's there morning, noon, and night. They know down to the minute 
when you should eat, when you should sleep, yeah. when you should shit. I uh, I follow Chris Pratt on Instagram, and when Chris Pratt's getting ready for a, a Marvel movie, he uh, will show all the foods that he has to eat. Like you said, on time, he has to weigh his food. It's all pre-weighed, so all he has to do is take it out of the thing and, and eat it. But he has this thing called, what's my snack? And he'll just be eating like a half of a boiled egg. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's like your lunch or whatever. I'm sure it's better than that. But. And he's eating, well, I bet he's also eating that with no salt. <laughs> right? Because when you get to these guys' level, when you want to, like, turn that into a six-pack. When you need to be a superhero. You you can't do what we do. Like, you know, I, I am in a hundred miles from what these guys do, but I work out all the time, but I drink alcohol. I would never look like them unless I just gave up everything. You would have to cut out salt, alcohol, like anything, anything that makes you happy and Red that you meat. love. Like, are you kidding me? It's beef. It's ah. No, you lose it all. And that's why Zach Efron was like, I had to tell myself. He had to grab himself in the mirror, basically, by the face and say, the body is meant to have water underneath your skin. Yeah, and it's not, uh, it's not, it's not healthy to. to keep doing that for a long period of time. No, you're putting your body through a stress. Now, to be in good shape is good, but to take it to that level, I think for your mental health, too. Like, I can't have a, I can't work all day and then work out and then take care of kids and then have a grain bar. Would you do it uh, kidding? like they're doing it just for, you know, because they're paying for it, and plus you'll be in a movie and that's forever. I would so do it. So, like, two years of misery and then, then you're, you know, you're eternal. I think absolutely. You anyone would say no, you'd have you would yeah. take yourself forever. Because not only do you have the opportunity to get healthy for free and get paid millions of dollars for it and be famous, you know you're going to be famous, shredded, and rich. That's the trifecta. And look at Gerard Butler. You know he's not like he used to be in 300, but he's still in good shape and he's doing fine. Yeah, and it it shows though. Like if you want to get crazy, like in crazy shape, Tim McGraw. I know it's country music and it's not uh, the Avengers, but. N- there are a few men on the planet in better shape than that guy. He's like 50-something, married to, uh, w- what's her name? Uh, you know country music, Hill. Uh, oh, Faith Hill. Faith Hill, yeah. The yeah. guy had to, in order to look like that, he hasn't had a drink or a tasty meal in like six years. Right. I can't sign me up for all that. No, tonight it's- there, and I'm like, where's the pizza? That's exactly. What's, that's what's happening tonight. Oh my God, I'm going to get those little pepperonis on there too. Like those. You know what's funny yeah. is is how hard it is on the exact opposite end of the spectrum. Um, I brought up Always Sunny in Philadelphia. One of the creators of that, uh, Rob McElhenney, goes by Mac on the show, for one of the seasons went from 160 pounds to 212 pounds just to be like a character on the show. And it wasn't it wasn't good fat. It was all really bad fat. He, his character constantly said he was cultivating mass. But listen to this. This is a quote. <laughs> So then I had Krispy Kreme donuts every morning. I would eat four of those at a certain point. It's not that fun. By the afternoon, I was drinking ice cream. I would take a gallon of ice cream and put it on the counter in the morning and it would melt. I would then put weight gainer into it. I would drink that every day. So I was drinking heavily and drinking a lot of wine. And then I read that cottage cheese metabolizes really slowly in your stomach. If you eat cottage cheese, the last thing you want to do is eat right before you go to bed because it metabolizes so slowly. So I was like, that's what I have to do. I started eating cottage cheese in the middle of the night. I would wake up at 2 a.m. I would eat cottage cheese. And then one week later after that, I came in on a Monday. And for whatever reason, I it was like I popped. I went from 160 to 220 pounds. Damn. Dude. So you have to that kind of eating is it's it's the same for both ends of the spectrum. If you really want to eat like an asshole, you can make yourself explode, you know, 80 pounds, no problem. Uh, but you really have to eat like a real jerk on the other end of the spectrum if you want to get shredded. 
and you only get the shred for a little bit. Like, if you work, 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 and then you just eat fucking gummy bears for a week, you like, you lose the whole deal. Yeah, like, that it's sucks. all gone. That sucks. And that's just you one week of gummy? your future on gummy worms. Dude, and I love gummy worms. You get me late night, and they just can't be near me. Yeah. <laughs> Marcus, earlier on the show today, we uh, played audio from a new YouTube series called Bongs and Banjos. Uh, this yeah. guy takes a bong hit of some weed. He talks about the weed for a second, and, yeah. then, and he plays a little cover on a banjo. His name is Jacob nice. Panic, and yeah, Bongs and Banjos. Gotta have a theme song. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Bongs and Banjos. My name is Jacob. I'm gonna play the ba I'm gonna I'm gonna take a bong hit. I'm gonna play the banjo. On today's episode, we have Motor Breath testing in at about 30% THC, a very strong indica, and I like it a lot. Mm. Man, you gotta get some of those cartridges, man. 80% THC. <laughs> Be a lot easier than tracking your bong all over the place. Marcus, you gonna have him on your podcast? Hey man, it I'd love a, to have him on my podcast. I actually the one of the people I'm having on is a grower for a, an Oregon cannabis company here soon, and I can't wait for that one because he's going to come over to my house and we're going to get big. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny when Drew and I met Marcus. He was not straight edge because he drank, but he was not a not a pothead. As soon as he graduated college, got that diploma, he just I mean I swear to God I think he smokes more than us now. Oh, well, he's like a connoisseur. He's worked in the Mar industry. He Marcus worked in the industry. I'll go, Marcus, can you explain this to me? And he'll just get into, you know, he'll get all scientific with it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, man, five years in the cannabis industry will do that to anyone. And yes, I definitely smoke more than you guys. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's your, what's your favorite? Uh, do you like the Indicas? Do you like the Sativas or a hybrid guy? What are you? I have no trouble falling asleep in my life for the most part. And so Indicas for me are just a quick trip to bed, which I don't always enjoy. Yeah. Um, I am a sativa guy until like after nine at nine at night, and then I'll switch to the Indicas. But I love me some Cinex. I love a little bit of, uh, of uh, you know, Lamb's Breath, any of those strains, those old Landrace strains. Um, Lemon Sour Diesel is another one I really enjoy. What's it called? Lemon sour diesel or anything sour diesel, See, anything in that. If it's got the word, I mean, sour is a little bit better than cheese, but if it has the word cheese in it, I just, I, nope. Next, what else you have? Mm -hmm. If it has cheese in it, no, thank you. If the flavor sounds gross, I, I want it. So I want I, away from I like it. fruity sounds, you know, like uh, banana something or fruit punch, da 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 da. Mm -hmm. I can do a uh, one that'll really split you in half here, Tanner. Peach cheese wreck. Cheese wreck, dudes. <laughs> What's weird about it is the cheese wreck is definitely the most prominent part of the name, but when I smoked that strain, the peach was what it was all about. You didn't get a lot of cheese in it. 
So it, I feel like you have to kind of try them out. You know, I don't like the, there's a new one that's really popular. They're the, like the breath strains, or they also call it, there's some GMO, which stands for actually garlic mushrooms and onions is what GMO stands for in the cannabis world. And I, it really kind of tastes like garlic and I don't like to smoke that. I would rather have something, you know, fruity, like sweet, kind of like you're saying. Yeah. I every once in a while I'll smoke something and it'll taste like, like a, like a bathroom cleaner. You know, or at least remind me of that, like that chemical smell. Yeah. Oh, yep. yeah. Don't you guys miss the old days where it was just roulette? You, know, you like just you, didn't you, know. You got in a yeah. circle with some dudes. And you like, got you know, what you got. Jim had a dime bag and you had a 20 <laughs> and we just, we pack it in there and you, how high even you got based yeah. on where you stood in said Which circle. would explain why I got so paranoid and ran into the woods so many times. It's like, yeah. I'm freaking out. You just, you had three sativa nights in a row and yeah. you didn't think you were a weed guy that's, anymore. That's why I do Indicas because I get paranoid, man. And I think that, I, that stuff for me, it was always like, if, if my anxiety is in check, then I do the sativas because I'm an I'm an uppity kind of get going. Yeah. Tasmanian if you devil. have the option to pick and choose depending on your mood, that's the way to do it. Yeah. And yep. I yep. I when I was a kid too, I was like, ah, oh, shut up with your with all your extra talk. Weed is weed, good <laughs> weed, bad weed. But what it really made me for sure, you know, on board with it was the way that they do edibles now. And I know they work kind of strange on you, Tanner. But the way that they do them now, it's like they have the indica sativa or the hybrid. If I eat an indica edible, bury me under the house. Yeah. Like, I am so out. I'm not just out. I'm like, all of a sudden, a bad parent, and I'm heading to bed. <laughs> you know, but at the same time, there is a time for that. You know, you need to get to sleep. For me, that's a miracle thing. And it proves that they do go indica is definitely in the couch, and sativa is the other way. Yeah, I either There's do a hybrid or, or, a, or a sativa. Or, and I I'm like sorry, the hybrid part. A hybrid too. or an indica is what I'll do. Mm-hmm. There's one thing I don't miss about the old days where it was just a grab bag. And that is that if you bought weed from the same guy I did, which I think you guys may have because uh, you, you introduced him to me. Um, you, you what you notice is I would look at my girlfriend and be like, hey, I got to go over to this dude's house and buy a bag of weed. I'll be back in 15 minutes or tomorrow because you just never know how long you're going to have to hang out with your dealer. You don't have to do that anymore. They don't even want you to stay in the dispensary. They'd <laughs> yeah, like used you to, to be, buy and then leave. It was half of it. You know, it's like, oh, we got to go over to Derek's. You know, and you'd all <laughs> go over there, and, like, it was always, like, the dude on the couch. He's rolling bags and weighing them, and you got to – you just have to – whether you were a guy who was required to smoke him out or not, you had to just live the game. Have you ever been in a situation where you're with a buddy who knew the, the weed guy, but you didn't, so you had to wait in the car? Uh-huh. So that means that's, like, a 10 or 15-minute wait! That was always a one and done for me. Like, if you – if I come out here and you're not letting me in, I can't do this over and over. I got to find a new guy where you go. <laughs> yeah, because I get to sit in the car. This is, and it feels like, because it is yeah, forever. Because they, they're 10 minutes, 15 minutes feels like a half an hour. Oh, yeah. And you had no cell, back then you had basically no cell phone games. You can't be scrolling or like yeah. reading emails. <laughs> Just you and that radio. And when your buddy gets back to the car, he's baked and your bag is light. And it no, is super you. light. And you're kind of pissed, but you can't show it because you've been waiting the whole time, but he's also got the pot. So you can't be like, dude, I've been waiting out here. It's like, dude, it's two fingers all the way across. Two fingers of a malnourished orphan. It's dense, bro. It's really dense. This is ridiculous. We're all living it. Yeah, so, so glad we don't have to do that. Now, you know, yeah, 20% tax, but at least you don't have to wait outside of dare. It's worth it to me. It's so worth it. And the testing and all that other stuff because it legitimizes it for, you know, like, my family's not like they don't smoke, but I at least they know that it's safe. 
You know, it's like if you ever were going to talk him into it, yeah. you'd be able to talk him into something with a sticker on it. Uh, so, obviously, for big championship games, the Super Bowl, you know, NBA championships, uh, they have winning shirts for both teams because you don't know which one's going to win. Yeah. Right? Of course. So, after the Super Bowl, what really happens to those championship shirts that are made for the team that lost? We were always told they were sent to Africa and other places. Uh, well, this is what apparently happens. Um, Marcus, go ahead. Let's let's hear what you have. Maybe this matches up. Well, Drew kind of, he took that one. Uh, that's exactly what I thought, because I've actually seen pictures of kids in third world countries with shirts on that have the wrong Super Bowl winner on them. And mm-hmm. so that's what I always thought is that this went to underdeveloped countries and and impoverished places where people need those things and they don't really care about what's written on them. Well, this year, the vast majority of the 2021 Chiefs championship gear will be going to Eastern Europe, Eastern Asia and Africa. There it is. Those shirts will be donated to people in need. And um, yeah, who cares? Honestly, if you've been wearing the same dirty old shirt for a year and somebody brings you a fresh cotton tee, you don't care. I'd wear an insane clown posse shirt if I didn't have any other clothes. And that's saying a lot. (laughs) It really is. Inside out. I'd wear it inside out. (laughs) I'd have a little (laughs) self-respect. Exactly. But but I'd still wear it. Is it too in the spotlight here to maybe donate some of this to the homeless communities across our country? I, Would they throw it back at you and be like, I watched the Super Bowl on my phone, dick? I see. I, I That's probably part of it. I like that. they. I wish they would do that and give it to people here because, I mean. what? Why not? Why not? But uh, maybe that's there's a reason why. And, you know, some of these other countries, when, you know, they get a new shirt like once a year, I guess I'm okay yeah. with that. Well, and, yeah, they don't have a lot. And our people here, they're like. I don't know. I feel like there's a little more opportunity than someone in a third world country because their hands were tied from the beginning. But I mean, you know, we're, we're apples and oranges here that both would l- really like a shirt. Uh, right. When they determine where it's going to go, they've also got uh, they got to consider if shipping the goods will uh, be detrimental to the local economy. Hmm. And avoiding areas where it might be a stigma uh, being associated with the loser. Yeah, because you don't want to be telling like, oh, he's such a charity case. He doesn't even know that you don't want to fall into that. Lane. Right. Uh, once the and you uh, don't want to fall in. Sorry, Tanner, but you also don't want to fall into the lane of looking like the impoverished community is getting a lot of uh, like a windfall of, of resources because there's militias and all sorts of factions and everything like that that might come in and mow your village down just to take the T-shirts. Good point. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Well, I'm she's what a nightmare. Yeah, it's a tough life for a lot of people. But that's good, and yep. I don't know how many clothes that is, but uh, it's a lot. I would assume quite a bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. God, I mean, you got sucks. a seventy-five man roster alone, and that's just the, or excuse me, a fifty-three man roster. That's just the players. Then you've got all the coaches. Then you've got all the team, um, you know, affiliated workers, doctors, and and you know, trainers and everything. It's probably no less than five hundred shirts that they make because they got to have them in all different sizes. And then you got hats. Well, and you're then just you got sweatshirts and all that stuff. You're just thinking about the team championship gear was printed for fans as well. You know, and that stuff could easily be being tossed over there too, because that stuff needs to be ready to sell. I would Sunday think, night. I, I, yeah, as the game, as people are walking out of the game, I would think that there are people it's all there wanting to buy uh, championship jerseys right there. Eighty dollars for a t-shirt. I guess sure. we only win once. Eighty dollars is probably lowballing it, to be honest. This with you. day and age, you try and get a nice Nike shirt. You're like, are you kidding me right now? Yeah, like uh, Drew and I 
uh, we went to a Blazer game once, and we walk inside, and we're like, yeah, let's get some things. And I go, 110 fucking dollars. That's a t-shirt. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, gonna, but it's got a throwback logo on it. I got to talk to our boy Travis and see if he can get us some yeah, stuff. Yeah, does he get a little discount He does. There? He gets a little discount. Not much, but, you know, a little bit. Because I see Mark Mason, you know, the voice of the state inside the they also, arena. He's those, always decked out. They they also get free shit, too. Like, mm-hmm. like Travis told me they every year they give him a bunch of, like, for one year he told me that they gave him this badass sweatsuit, like a jumpsuit from head to toe for Blazers, these really, really expensive socks. And he goes, I don't even want to wear them. They're so nice. That's awesome. And so they do hook him up with a lot of shit. I, um, and I'm assuming that if he wanted to walk into – the store during a Blazer game, even though he can't because he's working and calling it. But if he wanted to, he'd probably get like a 10% discount. It would be high. And, well, since season ticket holders get 10 or 15%. Maybe it's even 20. Yeah, maybe it's old, 20. Big old slap. But he is close, not too far away from our size. Tell him to throw it down when he's over it. Yeah. Now, I'll take an old sweatshirt. He reminds me of you, Marcus. You guys are kind of shaped the same. <laughs> you guys have that same country bumpkin shape. They walk the same. They kind of talk the same. They do. They kind of, I mean, from behind you, I would think that it'd be hard to tell, you know? See, I don't know this man. I, he sounds handsome as hell, but it, it <laughs> always is one of those things where I don't know what you guys are doing right now. You could be being genuine and no, making I am being me feel genuine. good about myself. Because uh, he's you not could also be comparing me to a dumpster fire no, right no, now. No, we just compare you to an extremely successful friend of ours. He's a good dude. He's not an ugly dude. Uh, you know, he's he's a very one of the nicest guys that works in this building. And yeah, he calls a blazer game. So that was a compliment. Right, take the compliment. He sounds like a great dude. I, I I take it and I thank you guys for it. And thank you, Travis, for being a better version of me. We gotta talk to him. It's been a while since we've had him on the phone. It has been a bit. We'll we'll get a hold of him, get him on the broadcast. No, it's been bumpy this season, but Oh, we're doing our we're over five hundred. It's not that bumpy. Well, at first it seemed like we were losing three or four games there in a row. It, mm-hmm. You know, a couple of oh, weeks yeah. ago it was just it was seemed bumpy. Not far above five hundred. Injuries. Know. Yeah, the name of the game. Broken hands and broken ri- uh, yeah. ankles. That sucks. And that, I mean, like, for Nurk, too, like, you just got better. Yeah. And the good thing is, this is, well, I don't know. It's good and bad. It's good because it's not one of your legs. So you're going to come back faster. But it is one of the things you use to shoot a basketball your wrist. Mm. That's well, that's good. Part. So. So we talk about dead people in our lowly blazers. I'm going to need uh, antidepressants when we get out of here today. What Drew just did there is called the Blazer Bargain, and as you can tell, he's been doing it for 30-plus years in his life, and he's gotten very good at it now. Yeah, that's when glass you half full. Sorry, go ahead. It's when you look at your situation in a city with a basketball team and you go, it's not as bad as it looks. I mean, yeah, we took Sam Bowie and we took Greg Oden, and now we're falling apart at the seams because of injuries. <laughs> but it's not as bad as it looks. That's yeah. a blazer bargain. Glass half full. Wow, it's, bringing up Bowie. And then when Court was here, he'd always just you same know, thing. I mean, maybe you rip the bandaid off. You know, every ray of sunlight has a shadow. So you know, I see it. There's darkness there, <laughs> but you got to try and stay on the bright side. Yeah, I just said it was bumpy. I, I mean, I'm not Court who says it's always gonna no. it's always gonna fail. Hey, you're right though. We've we've lost half our home games. We we are not having a great year at this point. Yeah, there if that's have, not bumpy, I don't know what is. There has been some bumps, but I guess what I'm saying is, with those injuries that we've got, we're lucky to be where we are. It mm-hmm. could it could be worse. We're not the worst team. We're in playoff position Blazers. by by ways. We're like fifth. Yeah, that's I'm just saying. I, I was saying that yes, we're not the worst. Was, mm-hmm. We are far. Backing up your point. Yes. 
Um, all right, Marcus, I guess let's get up to uh, your segment, which is news that sounds fake but is not. I'm excited about today, you guys. The first story coming out of New Zealand. Uh, you're going to get greasy fingers in New Zealand one way or the other this Valentine's Day because fast food outlet Hell Pizza has joined forces with Kiwi Sex Shop Adult Toy Mega Store mm. to give away a free mini bullet vibrator with every pizza sold this weekend. <laughs> My God. It combines... It combines two of single town's biggest vices, a whole pizza to yourself and, well, self-pleasure. Uh, quote, with people spending more time at home, the campaign is intended to be a fun and lighthearted, strictly adults-only way to celebrate the modern day of love. Uh, that's a statement from the sex shop. Now, the pizza shop has come out and said, look, we tried this last year during the very early stages of the pandemic, and all they did was increase their sales three times what it was the year before. So. Wow probably a good idea I, I mean like i said greasy fingers and a bullet vibrator seems like an accident waiting to happen uh but to each their own if you're single on valentine's day you lose grip of that thing and get lost the, the thing i fear is and tanner you and i have seen plenty of the giveaway vibrators you aren't exactly getting a custom piece here <laughs> this is some low they end look, stuff they look kind of like travel vibrators you know like a travel exactly. pocket vibrator. something you'd pick up at a michael's it's not really for the long term. But I, the pizza seems well worth it in itself. Yeah. Man, it sounds like I need to go back to Michael's. I haven't been there in a few years. <laughs> they have got to change in inventory. Uh, this one's a little blue. A Michigan man died on Saturday after he was hit with pieces of metal from a cannon that exploded after it was fired as a Michigan couple announced plans for their baby shower. Yeah, this unfortunately answers the question of, should I use medieval battle equipment for my gender reveal? Answer is um, no. No, the answer is way no. They got the bomb squad on this because it was an explosion. And uh, according to local police, he says there may have been way too much gunpowder in there. That's what our bomb squad suspects. And sometimes <laughs> with old equipment like this, you can have a hairline fracture in the metal, which will cause the thing to fail. Um, it's really sad. There's a 26-year-old guy, and he was just it's there to sad. support his friend. The yeah. last thing you want to do is kill somebody at your baby shower. And we, we need to stop with all the with the, the, the baby showers and the over-the-top gender reveals. I mean, like, you know, we were saying this yesterday. Nobody cares that you're having a kid but you and maybe mm. a couple of your friends and family members. Nobody cares. Just make a post on the internet. Hey, we're pregnant. Cool. And then you move on. You don't need to set half the state on fire because of your stupid contraption. If there's a chance of death, you should really rethink it. You know, and they were yeah. saying on the news yesterday to build off of what you were saying is that any amount, like even if it has an opening like a cannon, you put too much gunpowder on without a hairline fracture and it's a bomb because it has nowhere to go. Like you can't fill it to the level that they filled it. It's people in their Civil it, War cannons. I know. I know. I'm saying like where do you even get a fucking cannon these days like I can't wait for my first kid I got this uh military surplus hand grenade I'm gonna pull the pin and see if it goes off it's that actually dumb. happened that actually just happened a couple of weeks ago someone found a grenade pulled the pin and it fucking went off man I would not want to be around to see if this if I was right about that being a dead grenade that's a Darwin Award winner right there the person that pulls the pin and waits to see <laughs> finally yeah. We'll move on to the great state of Oregon. This one coming out of Sandy, uh, courtesy of KOIN. A Portland man was arrested in Sandy Saturday night. Uh, 
facing multiple charges, including DUI, after letting his car roll into a deputy uh, deputy patrol car, according to the Clackamas County Sheriff. Now, Coyne says what happens is this car came flying up on the cop at like a stoplight and hit his brakes, but then did the drunken thing that you might do and took his foot off the brake and let his car slowly roll into the police <laughs> officer. At which time the cop got out, um, you know, put the guy through the field sobriety test, found out that he was definitely drunk. And as he was taking him uh, to the back of the police car, he noticed on the back of the Volkswagen Jetta that there was a sticker that said, not drunk, avoiding potholes. Um, so mm. we're going to get this guy a new sticker that says, drunk, avoiding police. <laughs> Once a D-Gen, always a D-Gen. Mm-hmm. Real news that sounds fake but isn't, or whatever we called it. Thank you Yay! very much, Buster S. Marcus. Uh, I wanted to bring this up and get your reaction to this, Marcus. Um, people on the internet are wondering if Giselle's witchcraft helped Tom Brady at the Super Bowl on Sunday. <laughs> Have you heard did about, you hear this? about this? And so, no, I did not hear about this. This audio clip re resurfaced from it's an interview from 2019 when Tom lists some of the pregame rituals that uh, Giselle makes him go through. And some are saying that maybe it's because of her that he won the Super Bowl. Witchcraft. She always makes a little altar for me at the game. So she put together a little altar for me that I could bring with pictures of my kids. And I have these little special stones and healing stones and protection stones. And she has me wear a necklace and take these drops she makes. And I say all these mantras. And I stopped it, questioning her a long works. time ago. I did. I just shut up and listen. Yeah. She and she, you know, obviously she probably has nothing. Obviously has nothing to do with it. But in her head, she probably thinks she does. And so when he comes home and she goes, "You're welcome, unt unt unt, you're welcome," and just is taking credit for the Super Bowl victory now, all seven of them. Isn't it clear though, also that he just is a yes man to her? Yeah, that too. Let's say he just, sure, okay, okay whatever, whatever you say. You're yep, Giselle. You're the one who did it. It's all you that that won the Super Bowl. You and your rituals. And let's not forget, guys, that we're talking about the goddamn GOAT. The greatest of all time is this guy at home. You're, you, Lawrence Taylor would have told his supermodel wife, you could take your neck or gabaclon and fuck off or whatever that book's called. Get out of here. I'm doing coke and going to make sacks. But Tom Brady, on the other hand, tongue kissing, uh, pliable massage, and witchcraft. What a great time to be alive. Yeah, and you know what? One of the stories in Drew's news report or sports report today got me thinking. This the reason I like. I mean, yes, I think he's kind of a tool. Uh, you know, I think it's weird that he kisses his son on the lips, that type of stuff. He's a weird guy, wears turtlenecks, but he he's the reason I think. You know what makes the, the best player, in my opinion, is the way you conduct yourself on the, the field or the court and off. Mm -hmm. And I like the way Michael Jordan conducts himself. You know, at least we didn't see a lot of that stuff because the social media wasn't around back then. But, you know, they seem classy. Tom Brady sends a text message to the dude he talks shit to in the game. And I think it takes a big man to do that. And I think it takes an, a, 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 a leader on the field and off the field to do something like that. Because he could easily walk away from that situation and just pretend to be the bigger man. Yeah, but I'm the greatest. I got seven. You ain't shit. But he didn't. He goes, you know, I am the greatest, and that means I probably should reach out to these people and, you know, and take the fall. Like, even if it wasn't his fault. People remember when you pick them up when you don't have to. You know, like, when you do something for somebody, but you know that you get your back scratched in the end, it's not as great. But Tom didn't gain anything from that other than respect. And that, it, like yeah. you said, that was very cool. That's what I think makes him the greatest, too. It's the yeah. way he conducts himself. I mean, just mm -hmm. 
just reach out and apologize after shit talking because I saw that clip and I didn't know the the off you know I didn't know the 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 stuff leading up to it and I was like wow Brady's talking some shit he got hot I want to know what he said and to put your pride aside and apologize I don't know it, it says a lot about a person it does and I mean his work ethic. I mean, he works harder than anybody else does, and I know that that gets thrown around a lot, but first guy in the gym, last guy out. There there are stories from quarterbacks throughout the years who are like, okay, I'm on Tom Brady's team now. Like, you just got signed off the practice squad. So they'll try and get to the quarterback room way early, like three hours before you're supposed to. Swing the door open, there he is sitting in the freaking room every yeah. single time because he's just he's like that that idea 10,000 hours I'm not I, leaving I, until I win I think he might live there and come out of the ground some like machine Probably lifts does. him out of the ground he actually he appears like uh, they do in the Terminator films naked and lightning because mm-hmm. <laughs> you you, could see, you guys went right to Tom Brady's ass there you envisioned his ass <laughs> naked Am I right, though, or am I wrong, Marcus, that the greatest uh, is not just the way you conduct yourself during the game, but when the, the game isn't being played? I can't argue with that at all. My favorite player of all time is Jerry Rice, and I think he's a shining example of exactly that. You never caught Jerry Rice talking shit. You never caught him. Uh, he did get in reporters' faces once, but it was the most noble reason to get into a reporter's face. They came to him after a game and started asking him you know, what, what did you do that made the 49ers able to win? And he basically flew off the handle at the reporters because it was a defensive game and the defense had such a good game and he couldn't understand why they weren't over talking to those people. And that, that type of stuff, I think that's that humbleness that you're talking about, the ability to not be in the spotlight at all times and give credit to other people is huge. You don't see as much of it in the NFL. I mean, it, the NFL is not like your shining example of sportsmanship. So when you do see some good sportsmanship happen on that level, you got to you got to give respect to those guys because the NFL is a shit talk fest from start to finish. I mean, those guys can't even stay out of each other's ear at practice and they're on the same team. I mean, even the fans, every 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 game, you can see a handful of videos of fans fighting each other. And it's it's usually a it's a usually the person with the best uh, off the field, the way that they treat others, like you're saying, like Jerry Rice and Tom Brady. Jerry Rice is the exact same way with the work ethic as Tom. I think it goes hand in hand. You're smart, so you do what you have to do. You know, mm-hmm. you work hard, but then you you scratch those backs along the way because just like in any industry, the door closes and somebody else needs to open it. And Jerry right. Rice ran the same damn hill every day or what every week of his career and was the fastest dude out there because he ran He's that still freaking running. hill. Yeah. Still running it, and then he'll run it with uh, NFL receivers now and people that he works out with and stuff like that from the 49ers, and they can't keep up with him. He's 56 years old. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so there you go. Tom Brady, you know, let's Giselle pretty much do her thing. And she refers to herself as a good witch, by the way. Oh, like the witch of the East. A good witch, yes. The one who got squished by a house? Is that her? No, it was a different one. The good witch is still alive, the one in the bubble from Wizard of Oz. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, Great that, shoes on the bad witch, though. Great shoes. <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Later. You've been listening to Tanner and Drew's Donkey Show. Hear it daily at 1059thebrew.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.